Hi, I'm Bob Ekblad. Welcome to my podcast, Disciple. Word, Spirit, Justice, Witness. This uh, talk today is kind of a follow-up on some of my reflections on the No Barrier Church theme. And I've been moved of late by Jesus' teachings in the Beatitudes, specifically uh, Matthew chapter 6. And there we have Jesus um, really calling disciples to live our lives before God the Father um, with the expectation that God will reward us in, um, in rather than living before human beings, um, expecting to receive something from human beings like we often do, right? We're wired to, you know, to perform in a way and um, to, uh, to express, you know, kind of what we're doing so that we can gain, you know, supporters, uh, followers, likes, whatever it might be. And so, um, you know, Jesus is really interested in kind of a disinterested service in the sense that we're serving people uh, before God and not serving them you know, trying to um, influence them in in a way um, to support us or to for us to build something, you know, on their backs or you know through gaining adherence or whatever. Which is, I think, the way we build a brand, we build um, a name for ourselves, a name for our ministry, whatever it might be. You know, we're wired, we're trained, we're taught, we're um, you know we we have it modeled before us all the time. Um, you know, just uh, all the marketing that is considered necessary in order to really have a successful, you know, life, a successful ministry or, or you know, to sell, you know, whatever our wear might be. Um, so anyway, let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before people to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Okay, so, wow, beware of practicing your righteousness before people to be noticed by them. How do we do that? You know, I think about um, all of the fundraising that I've had to do to kind of keep Tierra Nueva uh, funded over all these years, these 40 years that we've been doing it. And best practices are that you communicate all of, um, you know, your successes and all the reasons why people should support you and how important it is for um, the work to continue and you have to convince people that the work that is being done through you know through your ministry is um, you know is worthy of financial support and so you're doing that through testimonies through you know um, giving information about how many people are served and in what way they're served and and so really we are practicing our righteousness before people to be noticed by them specifically in order to be able to, um, you know, make uh, the name of our organization known so that we can, you know, grow and become more effective uh, with all with more funding. And, um, you know, we want the stakeholders to be happy. And so this is uh, normal behavior, you know, for a nonprofit or for a church is to practice um, our righteousness before people to be noticed by them. And Jesus says, otherwise, um, you know, in so doing, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Um, so we're, rather than, you know, living our lives before others to, uh, you know, to impress them, to gain supporters, to 
grow as a church because people like to be associated with our brand, you know, with our values, with whatever it is we're supposed to, um, in contrast, just be all about living our lives in integrity before the Father who's the one who guides us and shows us, you know, uh, the direction to follow. And, you know, we're trying to please him and, and we want our reward from him. And uh, so we have to take our our, cho- our our pick, receive a reward, you know, from the people or receive a reward from God directly. And that doesn't mean that the reward from God directly can't give, be given to us through people. Of course, God works through people. But um, there's a difference in orientation. Jesus is calling us to be oriented completely to living our lives before the Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, Jesus goes on to say, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honored by men. Now, Eugene Boring in his commentary on the New Testament, he states that, um, you know, these metaphors are not to be taken literal, that, you know, contrary to popular explanation, he writes, there's no evidence that in the synagogue worship trumpets were sounded to call attention to the presentation of large gifts. So this is, this is a metaphor. And, um, you know, Jesus is wanting to kind of uh, expose, I guess, hypocrisy. And the meaning of hypocrisy is actually, um, it comes from a secular Greek term, which literally means stage actors. A hypocrite is a stage actor. So it's a metaphor for those who perform their religious acts with an eye on the human grandstand, writes Eugene Boring. So, um, you know, we don't want to do that, um, to be honored by men. If, if we're doing what we do in order to be honored by people, um, then Jesus, Jesus says, truly, I say to you, they, you know, you, us, we have um, our reward in full. Okay, well, there's a lot of rewards through, um, you know, through succeeding in the eyes of the world, aren't there? And, um, and we might just choose those rewards, okay? And many of us do. And, um, and so Jesus is challenging us to consider that the reward that we would receive from the Father would be a superior reward, although he doesn't state that. But we can take our pick. You know, do you want to receive a reward, you know, from people, which, okay, might be uh, fame, um, honor in the eyes of the world, um, you know, um, a chair in your name because you've given a huge donation to a university or, you know, uh, your name on a plaque or, um, you know, all kinds of ways that we benefit. Just, um, you know, a lot of financial security for our organization and, um, you know, our salaries paid by the ministry, by the church, whatever it might be. There's plenty of benefits there. But if we have to choose between those benefits or the benefits that we receive, the reward we'd receive from the Father, I'd like to think that we would prefer the reward from the Father. Although, really, that takes faith, doesn't it? To be to be really living our lives um, in a way secretly or, you know, privately looking to God and expecting our reward from God and not being distracted, you know, by, you know, that pressure to perform, that pressure to, um, you know, to kind of live our lives 
in a very deliberate and conscious way, um, making sure that, you know, that we're, that we're always making everyone aware of everything that we, you know, that we've done that, um, you know, so, um, so that people will support us more. Um, I would like to believe that God's rewards are, you know, are superior. And, and I want to have the faith that Jesus is, um, inviting us to have here. So he goes on and says, um, but when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So it's like, um, you know, what does that mean? It, it seems like, well, since, you know, we all have a left hand and a right hand, it's talking about us not even being self-conscious and like keeping a record perhaps of, of sort of what our deeds are. You know, we're not like, um, you know, like, like paying close attention even before ourselves about what our righteous acts are. There's a, a lack of self-consciousness here. It doesn't mean that we're, we're not deliberate, we're not sensitive. Of course we must be, because that's what we do in the name of love. But we're not calculated. Um, we want, um, Jesus says, so that your giving will be in secret. Um, you know, it's, um, it's that secret giving um, that we do before God um, who, um, and it says, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So, um, you know, I believe that when we do something in order to be seen by people, then in a way we're using people, aren't we? Because we're hoping for some kind of benefit. You know, we're hoping for praises. We're hoping for, um, you know, for funding. We're hoping for fame, whatever it might be. So, uh, it's it's so easy for ministries to 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 use people, and people feel it too. Whereas if we're if we're really embodying the unconditional love of God, then you know we're not we're not expecting any kind of reward from the people. We're not we're not doing it for pay. We're doing it um, you know freely. You've received freely give, and for us to truly be giving freely with no pressure. For people to behave in a particular way, um, you know, then that's going to require that we truly do what we're doing uh, before God, which Jesus says is uh, means to do it secretly. And um, really, this—I just can't emphasize this more—how against our culture Jesus's teachings are here. Um, and yet, I think because our church culture is—we're used to hosting. You know, and, um, you know, we're the, we're, we're the people who have, you know, the power. We have the building, we have the chairs, we have the program, we have the staff, you know, we have um, the space. We invite people to come into our space. Sometimes we, uh, there's all kinds of benefits, you know, that come with that. Maybe we, we give out clothes, we, we offer a meal, okay, um, and the danger of that is that we can put people in a place of indebtedness. Um, you know, there's something that we expect in return or that they might feel that they should offer us in return. Um, you know, this is especially true in a prison mindset, you know, where at least in men's prisons, nothing is given without, um, you know, some kind of indebtedness or, you know, some kind of a hook. There's, there's, there's no such thing as just a free, uh, you know, free favor. You know, favors are are given, and there's an expectation 
that um, you know that you owe, or they owe you if you're gonna if you're gonna give them something. And and you know we we want people. I want people coming to our ministry because they are drawn to Jesus and they are drawn to the love and they are. I want them to come freely. I don't want them to come out of any kind of pressure or desire to please me or any of our staff or anyone, but because they also are looking for a reward from God, uh, you know, a benefit directly from having a relationship with God, which, um, which is to say that I want them to come out of faith and out of love, you know, with the hope um, that this is going to be, um, you know, that their life is going to change. And I want them to experience the, you know, the tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, that God is there for them and is, and is real. And I want them to experience it from God and not just, you know, because we're, you know, we're offering, a, you know, a super well put together, you know, sort of offering pr presentation or, you know, a combination of, you know, teaching worship, uh, snacks, a meal, other benefits, you know, um, I think, um, of course we want to be able to offer people help who need help. Okay. But, but how do we give in a way that, uh, the glory truly goes to God? Um, you know, hosting is fraught with all kinds of problems. And, you know, I've talked about this a lot in this podcast that, um, in the gospels, Jesus is not described as hosting in a, a space, okay? Like the way the early church starts, at least according to the Gospels, is through Jesus taking it, um, you know, going himself to people, to to where they were, where wherever they were, um, the tax collector booth, you know, um, Matthew's um, house where, he, there, where he's eating with tax collectors and sinners, uh, the seashore, uh, the sea, the mountains, um, the synagogues where he was a guest and he wasn't the host. He was um, being hosted. And Jesus sends out his, his 12 without money, you know, without clothes, in vulnerability, to be guests hosted by others. And, um, and so, you know, uh, and they were to stay with the people and receive that hospitality and then pray for those that are in the house who are sick and announce the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God has come near to, to the people, not that they've come near to the kingdom of God through entering into a facility um, and being hosted. It's like um, God's movement is towards the world. And our movement as the body of Christ should be towards the world in the same way that, that Jesus modeled. And so I think this is a paradigm shift that is really, really important for us to grapple with right now, especially as, um, you know, so many people are leaving organized religion. And, um, you know, many people have, quote unquote, lost um, a particular kind of faith. And so, you know, um, I think here in this, you know, Matthew chapter six, this is just setting the groundwork for, you know, for a whole uh, orientation and a whole paradigm shift that is visible throughout Matthew's gospel and, and the other gospels. So Jesus goes on in verse five, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen 
by people. So does this still happen today? You know, I know that um, I can see that sometimes there are people who who pray and are really good at praying and and almost like the better they are at praying, the more others are less likely to publicly pray because because they compare themselves to the the more expert prayers and they feel inadequate. And, you know, um, we want to create an environment where people are not so self-conscious, which means that um, when there is sort of a grandstanding or, you know, public praying that is so self-conscious, I think that um, that stifles, you know, other people. And um, so we have to be really careful of that. We, we, we want to be, Jesus wants there to be a culture where um, where people are not primarily uh, speaking um, so as to be seen and noticed and um, and to impress you know other people. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. If that's why we're doing it, to be impressed by the people, to to be seen as eloquent, um, spiritual, superior in our righteousness, in our articulation of the gospel, whatever it might be, then uh, whatever benefit we receive, that's the full benefit right there. And uh, But that benefit may actually stifle other people and block other people. Of course, it could inspire other people to want to, you know, be really articulate like that. Maybe they'll even want to be better and they'll be, they'll, they'll want to be competitive and there'll be a rivalry that will be stirred up. Uh, well, that's certainly not a good thing. You know, we want, um, there, there will be um, an effect when we're walking in the light and we're living our lives before God. There's going to be, I believe, a purity and an authenticity that will be contagious in a good way. But if we are oriented towards um, impressing, that's, that's going to be problematic um, in its effect, but also problematic for us because we will have received our reward in full, whereas God, um, Jesus is emphasizing that there is a reward that that we should desire, um, apparently. That's a reward that comes, you know, directly from the Father. So Jesus says, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father, who is in secret. Okay, so we are to I don't think literally go into a room and shut the door, but it's metaphor. Metaphorically, Jesus is saying we need to go and um, do our praying in a way that um, where it's not seen, you know, um, where we're not grandstanding, where, you know, there's a humility about the way that we, you know, articulate our prayers and, you know, so that we're not in a way um, stirring up any kind of rivalry or, or there's, it's, it's really about our motivations, isn't it? It's, it's Jesus wants there to be a purity of motivation, you know, where we're, our devotion is really to God. We're praying to God. We're not praying to for uh, the people. And so there's a lack of self-consciousness, and that's why we shut the doors. Shutting the doors is like shutting out the distraction of what people might be thinking about how I'm praying. It's, uh, you know, it's... It's not going to keep me from praying in public. It's 
it's just going to keep me from praying before the other. I'm shutting the door to the um, regard uh, of the other, to being, being, um, having people be spectators of me in order for me to feel like I've impressed them or for them to feel lesser because they're comparing themselves to me. So it says, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So what, what's being done in secret is, you know, is prayer that is really pure because, you know, we're, we're praying to God and, um, and it's purity of relationship with God. And our motivation is to, to speak with God, to God and to, and to hear from God and to, and, and, and we're going to benefit from that. So this is all um, set in the context of other things that Jesus talks about in terms of reward in the earlier chapters. You know, it's, um, it's so, so interesting. Throughout Matthew's gospel, you have um, this mention of reward. You know, um, right prior to this text, um, Jesus is saying, you know, you've heard that it said, you shall love your neighbor and you, and you hate your enemy. But I say you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay, that's certainly counterintuitive. So that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven, sons and daughters of your father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So, you know, we're um, praying for those who persecute us. We're loving our enemies so that we can embody uh, this God who loves the world, um, you know, his friends and his enemies alike. And um, we want to embody that same uh, non-discriminatory, no-barrier love. For if you love those who love you, Jesus says in, you know, Matthew 5, 46, what reward do you have? Okay, so once again, um, we're supposed to be oriented towards, um, I guess, a reward, wanting a reward. Um, but from God, do not even tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? So, wow, it's not just about, um, you know, sort of pleasing other people and building community and, and having people like us and, um, you know, who are our brothers and sisters in the faith in Christ. Don't even the Gentiles do the same? The nations, you know, therefore... You are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So Jesus is calling us to be oriented towards, you know, towards the father fully. Um, so this is just something that I believe that if, if we can learn how to do this, I believe there's going to be um, an authenticity about the way that we, you know, that we, that we live out our faith before others, where there's going to be, um, I think less manipulation and less, um, you know, sort of, um, of any kind of behavior that's going to, that's going to cause people to, I guess, take offense at, um, our very interested, uh, ways of behaving that are, that are meant to, you know, to cause people to be impressed by us. And, you know, uh, think of Jesus, how, you know, when he would heal people, so often in the gospels, he would tell them, you know, don't tell anyone, you know, like, um, like Jesus wasn't interested in, in becoming famous. You know, he was 
all about sort of minimizing, you know, that sort of um, that sort of normal publicity that would attract um, people to himself, you know, um, that would cause people, him to become famous in a way he wasn't about fame. He, he he put a damper on it all the time, and he wasn't able to succeed at that though because people um, did. They told everyone, "Look, um, you know, look what." Jesus did for me and, and crowds followed him. But so then they came then with, with other motives. They came, you know, wanting um, some kind of material benefit, like like when they came to um, to Jesus looking for him after the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. You know, Jesus himself even said, you know, you can't, you come to me, um, you know, not because of, of, you know, the message, the liberating word, but because you ate of the loaves and you were filled. And, um, and Jesus doesn't want um, people to come because of that kind of material benefit. And so we shouldn't, we should be very careful about that as well, which doesn't mean that we don't feed people. Of course, Jesus fed people. He fed the crowds. He had compassion for them. And, and he fed the people who were there um, in the wilderness with him in the mountains or wherever he was. And, um, but think also of, of the kind of publicity that Jesus got when the demons announced um, that he was the son of God and he would rebuke them and tell them to, to shut up. You know, he didn't want um, a certain kind of publicity that, you know, that would expose him in a way to, um, to the enemies, to his enemies who um, Jesus was really uh, working in a more covert way. He wasn't moving, working secretly in a way like, um, you know, in a clandestine way, uh, like he emphasized um, when he was being tried by the religious leaders, you know, look, I have stated everything publicly, you know, in the temple. And, you know, um, you know, he, he really emphasized his, um, you know, being in the light and speaking in the light. And yet at the same time, Jesus, uh, Jesus did seem to operate um, under the radar in a way that I think we should let ourselves be challenged by. And, um, so that we can step into a greater humility, especially in a time when, um, you know, when there is so much hypocrisy and there's, and there's, and there's so much scandal and, um, the witness of Christians is, you know, is causing people to blaspheme the name of Jesus. You know, the, the false witness of, of Christians, uh, you know, who get involved in different kinds of scandals and, and become, um, you know, get used by politicians who are glory seeking, you know, fame-seeking, power-seeking people. And when Christians get co-opted into that, um, into being supporters of a brand name, kind of politician or, you know, ideology or, you know, system, then I think we we really harm the purity of the gospel and the kingdom of God. So um, I'd just like to close with a prayer. God, I ask that you would help us to live uh, authentically before you and to really be um, careful to, to not practice our lives, our, our worship, our prayer, our, you know, our righteousness, so to speak, our, our activism in an overly self-conscious way where we're you know, all concerned about you know, getting followers, getting likes, getting funding, and, uh, but that we're putting our trust completely in you to be the one who um, provides for us in every way. Um, you say, you know, 
uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added to, to, unto you. Everything that we need will be given to us when we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. So help us to be fully devoted and to live our lives um, before you and to be um, living in that um, expectation of, of a reward that is going to come from you. Um, not that we're just doing this for pay, but we're doing it because, you know, we trust you. We're living by faith. So help us just increase our faith. I pray, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.